right. Hey, I want to make a few announcements before we get started. Um, Saturday, April 6th is Flourishing. Ladies, celebrate Flourishing. is back in full effect. It's I am um, Flourishing event. It's going to be a powerful time. Please invite your girlfriends, your lady friends, your coworkers. It's going to be a great time. You girls are going to have fun. And, um, and then April 20th, Saturday, we're having our Easter egg drop. We can celebrate that. Y'all think I'm playing right now. I promise I'll, I'll go home. It's like 20,000 eggs. Like as if we do that every day. <laughs> we give y'all extra sleep. Y'all here? We ready? Come on, let's celebrate. Come on, let's wake up. Let's clap. Let's get into this thing. Come on, man. Like, oh my God. It's going to be a great Saturday, April 20th, 10 a.m. at the Agricultural History Farm Park. Please invite. It's going to be great. Um, and then that next day is Easter. We're going to celebrate the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's a reason to celebrate. And, um, yeah, it's going to be good. So please invite. As you're heading out, I thought I saw them. Did I? Yeah, there are invite cards. I don't know where I put them. Oh, there they are. They're under the word. Oh, that's where they should be, but. Go ahead and grab a few of these on your way out. This is the Easter egg drop invite cards. And then that next day, uh, we're going to celebrate Easter here. Um, I want you to pay attention to the time. It's going to be 9.30 and 11 a.m. And um, I want to give you an extra 15 minutes to get ready and to come on in to worship. It's going to be a great Easter Sunday. Let me go ahead and bring a message to you entitled, A Sea of Dreams. A Sea of Dreams. That is not a typo. I'll explain in a second. Um, a sea of dreams. You know, since Christmas, Judah, uh, we, we pray before bed. We don't pray every week, so I don't, I don't want to be too spiritually deep about it. Um, but we, we try to pray every night before bed. Uh, our youngest son, Judah, uh, not too long ago, around Christmas time, he started asking me to pray over him the number 400. And, um, and because it started, he, he was asking me one night, he said, Daddy, how old are you? And uh, before I could answer, he said, Daddy, you're, you're 31. I'm 21, but he said, Dad, you're 31. I'm 31. That was funnier in my head. Um, <laughs> I'll push through this thing. Okay. I, he said, Daddy, you're 31. And then he said, Mommy, how old are you? And he said, uh, before I was able to answer, he said, Oh, Mommy's 32, and now she's, she's 33. Her birthday was recently. Happy birthday, PK. Let's love on her. And um, he said, Dad, would you pray over me 400? And so it kind of messed with me a little bit because I know in Genesis 6, God said that my spirit would not be with man forever. Back in Genesis, you know, people were living 900, 800, 700. And so God said, my spirit won't be with man forever due to sin. And he was going to start everything over with Noah. And he said, so I'm going to maximize the, the number of years to 120. 
So that messes with my theology when he says, Dad, pray 400. Because I'm like, I don't know if God's in that business anymore. But um, So I do it. I do it at least now two or three times a week. Lord, in, in Jesus' name, bless him. And he's awesome. And use him. And 400 years old, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, good night, kids. And I leave. And um, there's a part of me that's like, man, now, I don't know about that son. But then there's that other part of me, the other half of me that's like, if this joker lives until he's 400 years old, (laughs) that's going to be weird. But, you know, it's it's that childlike faith. Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is as of these, those who have childlike faith, innocent type faith, where you just see it and you just take it at face value and it's, it's possible, you know. It's innocent, just God can do anything, God will do anything type of faith. And it allows him to have this this dreamy imagination. Because for him, 400 is not just quantitative, it's also qualitative. You know, in a kid's mind, 400. It's not just bigger. Because when you're that small, 400 years old is like you're going to be as tall as the ceiling, right? Like you grow as you get older. Now, we know that's not true. But for him, like, you grow, and then it's the best. It's the best quality. It's the best of everything, 400 years old. And what I want to say is is this, is I believe that God actually wants us to dream like Judah dreams. I believe it's actually the antidote to overcoming every fear in our life. It's a nice, big old, chunky, juicy dream. Someone say juicy dream. A juicy dream. A juicy dream. And so I, I, I read scriptures like Acts chapter 2, verse 17. It says this here, in the last days, this is referring to the days after Jesus ascended to heaven in which Christ is in heaven right now, sitting at the right hand of God. We are in the last days. He says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people, all people. It says, your sons and daughters will prophesy. That means to declare the word of God, the promises of God, the dreams of the visions of the Lord. You're going to speak, though. You got to speak it. You can't, can't just all be in here. You have to speak it so it can manifest. And he says this here, your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And then it says this here in 1 Corinthians 2.9, it says, no eye has seen. It says, no ear has heard. No mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Which tells me that I can't, I can't put it together. I, I can't fathom it. I can't orchestrate it. I can't strategize it. I can't plan it out. This, this comes from God. Maybe, you know, I can, I can say, oh, man, I, I live in that neighborhood. Well, you get to that neighborhood, and it's not what you thought it would be, right? It's, it's God's blessing, but it may not be the fullness of God's vision for your life. Right, I got that car. You got it, and it smelled good when you bought it. Now it has McDonald's fries in the bottom and ketchup stains, and what happened? You know, it's God's blessing, but it's not the fullness of the vision that God wants to give you. And so God actually wants us to have faith like Judah. He wants us to have faith. This is, I love this one, Proverbs 29, 18, the message. He says this, if people can't see what God is doing, They stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. The word they're blessed means happy. Their joy is filled. 
believe a lot of reasons why people struggle with joy and peace and happiness is because they are following a vision, but they may not be following God's vision. They're following people, but they're not following what God has and wants to reveal. And uh, we've all been there before. But God wants to reveal something to you. He wants to, to reveal something to you. I, I have what I like to call a book of dreams. And there are books at this point, journals of, of just things. And I'll share a few here. But I also refer to my book of dreams as my sea of dreams. My sea is like a big old vast body of water. As a matter of fact, right now I am personally, and I'll, I'll get this message off of me once I share my dreams, but I'm personally standing in a dream. I'm married to a dream. I'm fathering a dream. Our, our partnerships are five-year-old dreams. It's a dream. And, and, and a pastor should not be the only people in his church, that, the person in his church that has a dream. God wants to reveal something to you. One dream I have is I want to be married for 50-plus years. That's a dream. And as I write these things, okay, yeah, we can celebrate that. That's, that's, that's awesome. That's great. Um, I'd like to preach the good news of Jesus in all continents before I die. I have yet to travel to a different nation or a different continent, but I believe the gospel is going to take me there. You can be a business owner. The gospel will take you into rooms with kings and queens and, and statesmen. You can be a scientist, and the gospel will take you places. You, you, can, you can be an entrepreneur, and the gospel will take you places. You can be a stay-at-home mom, and you, you raise your kids in an environment of faith, and they grow up loving Christ, and they grow up in whatever God calls them to. The gospel will take them places. If they're your kids, they're connected to you. They're going to take mom and daddy places. I believe the gospel takes you places. Wherever you go, glorifying God, sharing Jesus, sharing your faith, the gospel takes you places. I believe that, uh, and, and I'm, I'm 30, I'll be 32 in a couple weeks. Um, by the between 50 and 55, we're going to have over 20 Highlight Church locations in the DMV. This is just beginning. Every clap is a campus. Let me count them. Wow, we might have 70 campuses. I just, I, this is one thing I've written, and I believe with all my heart that I'm going to be a spiritual counsel, counselor to the president of the United States by the age of 40. It's not, it's not like I'm waking up every morning, like, going after that one thing. But as you obey God, as you serve God, he just, he, it takes you places. And I got eight years to go for that one. Jay and Judah, I have written here to make it to the MLB. So I can be a retired pastor who is counseling the president by 50. I'm just dreaming. You should, are you writing something down? Are you writing something? You should just, right now, you should just be writing crazy stuff. Like, you know what? That just sounds good. I just feel like writing something. You feel me? Like, because some of it's you, some of it's God. And the spirit of Judah. 
Some of it's Judah. Some of it's God. I promise, if he lives to be 400, I won't be here to see it. (laughs) But I feel mighty stupid not believing God for more before I die and go to heaven. You just got to write it. It can be silly stuff like, I'll never, but your best friend tell y'all, I'll never believe in Jesus. You're like, I'm going to write you down. I'm dreaming for you. Praying. Praying that God mess you up, that you come to the Lord. Um, oh, Lord, this is a big one. Daughter, that, that our daughter-in-laws uh, would love Jesus and us. I, I want to see my grandbabies. Don't be taking my grandkids away. Um, financial freedom for generations. You should, you probably want to write that one too. Um, PK and I both come from, we love our parents, wouldn't choose different parents, but we both come from broken homes. Um, both houses of which we never saw our parents really agree on finances. So therefore, when we got married, we just stepped into, we, we are where we are, you know. But what God could do in the next 40, 50 years could set our great-great-grandkids up for generations. It's a dream. The Bible says that a good man leaves an inheritance, and woman leaves an inheritance for his kids' kids. A good man, a righteous man, uh, someone who loves God, who serves God. So you're not, you're not hoarding everything. You're not buying everything in this lifetime. You're blessed. You're putting God first in your finances. You're blessed, but you're also storing some up for generations to come. And so that's a dream. Another dream is skydiving. So if you want to uh, skydive, just sneak me out of my house. My wife doesn't want me to do it, but it's on my bucket list. So uh, if you want to bless me, we'll go skydiving one day. You know why God wants us to dream? Because God gives us dreams to dissolve our fears. God-given dreams have the power to dissolve fears. I just, I just think about it like the fear of, a lot of fears are going to just come in life. The fear of failure. And if I do this, I feel like the Lord's calling me to it, but I don't know. But if I do it, if it doesn't work, I feel like I need to leave this group of friends and go with this one or two people who have their heads on right. They want to, they it's scary. I love these people, but I know I need to be over here. Fear of failure, the fear of loneliness, fears are going to pop up. Like I said, like your dreams are like, like a body of water. And, and, and they are, your dreams are designed and they have the power to literally dissolve your fears. Dissolve your fears. It's, it's, it's the reason why you have to have something bigger than your fears to focus on. You have to have like an IMAX 3D sound effects. You got you to gotta get something from God and from God alone. It is clear in those three verses I shared in Acts and Corinthians and Proverbs that God actually wants to show you something. God wants you to write something. 50 plus years of marriage. Man, I fear that that argument we had on Friday is going to be it. We're heading for a divorce. And then we think about the vision. Come on, generational blessing. Other cities we got to reach. Our kids need us to be home so that 
when they're in college, we're not divorced somewhere, and so they got to choose where they got to go. Uh, dad's in Colorado, mom's still in Maryland, where we're going to go for Thanksgiving, where we're going to go for Christmas. No, 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 no. That argument is not, no, no. The, the car breaking down and the money, okay, yeah, that's, a, but we got to, we have a vision. Right. This is a part of it. And so we just stick that fear in our sea of dreams. And then the, the fear of man, oh, Jesus, like what they said and what they did and where they are and the, the, the fear of man, the fear of their opinions, the fear of not ever having a relationship with a parent. It's a real thing. It's, it's a real thing. But, but you got a vision because one day you're going to be a parent and your kids need you to heal. They need you to get out of that bitterness. They need you to grow. They need your presence. You, you can't allow what the last generation did to affect what you're called to do in the next generation. So I got a dream to be a better father, a better dad, a better mom. I got a dream. It's, I think of people like Martin Luther King Jr., the I had a dream guy. <laughs> it was a real dream. The most segregated day of the week is Sunday. He had a real dream of equality and integration. Look at this church. It's a dream fulfilled. Wow. But it didn't stop the fears, the hate mail, the, the, the threats, the grenade that was tossed into his home. His family had just left town. We're going to kill your wife. We're going to kidnap your kids. We're going to do. It didn't stop the fears from coming. And this is my heart. Don't, please don't leave this message. And, and, and it bottoms out tomorrow. And you not go away with faith. Like, don't, don't, don't. You, you not come away today with just the inspiration to dream something bigger. Because if it does and, and Monday morning hits and, and that phone rings or this stops working or this, uh, this and this, you're going to need to remember like, man, you know what? God was trying to inspire me to dream yesterday. And this is just a part of it. But thank God that he's given me a dream because it has the power to dissolve fears. I think about Jesus himself. He came son of God, savior of the world. You got to read it. His mission statement in Luke chapter 4, somewhere around there, uh, 16 through 18. Um, heal blind eyes, set the captives free, to go to the cross for you and me so that we could have a relationship with God. You don't have to go to a priest. You don't have to dress the right way. You don't have to stop drinking. You don't have to stop sleeping around. You just come to God as you are, and he accepts you because everything that Jesus did on the cross for you, right before Jesus went to that cross. You got to read it. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was under hemohydrosis. His, his blood capillaries had burst and his blood was seeping into his sweat glands. He was under so much stress that he was sweating blood. But in Hebrews 2, it tells us that for the joy that was set before him, he despised the cross and endured the shame. For the joy, he had a vision of eternal life. He had a vision of your freedom. He had a vision of your purpose. He had a vision of your destiny. He had a vision of your kids. He had a vision of your blessings in mind. He had a vision for you to live and to live a life more abundantly. There is a vision, a vision. And so he's there and he's praying. He asked Peter, James, and John, would you stay up with me tonight? This is the night I go to the cross. 
He prays and he goes back in their sleep. The fear of loneliness. The fear of abandonment. Lord God, Father, if you would take this cup away from me. The fear of not feeling as though he was enough. But not my will, your will be done. At a certain point in that experience, he tapped into the joy. Not my will, but your will be done. And he pushed on. And he got on that cross. And there was a thief. And he pressed on. He said, Lord, if you would remember me when you go into your kingdom. He said, on this day, you will enter the kingdom of God with me. There was a joy set before him. I think about Jesus. A vision has the power to dissolve your fear. Whether people leave, whether the money bottoms out, whether the car stops working, it doesn't matter. A vision will keep you moving forward. You got to get something bigger than what you're looking at. You got to get something bigger than what you are looking at. I think about the prophet Habakkuk. He was a minor prophet. If you're taking notes, Habakkuk. Someone say Habakkuk. Just don't name your kid that. Habakkuk. He was a minor prophet, and it was due to the size of his book, not the scope of his ministry. He's in the Old Testament. His book is three chapters long. And so during the last days of Judah, right before the fall to Babylon in 586 B.C., he preached a message of repentance, much like Jeremiah last Sunday. And uh, Israel had turned to idol worship, and God used a nation called Babylon to punish the people of God, because they were unrepentant. So he was raising up King Nebuchadnezzar to take them from the promised land into captivity. And so um, Habakkuk is broken. He's concerned, and he's like, this is not God's dream. This, This is not God's vision for our lives. We shouldn't be living in perpetual fear, anxiety, depression. This isn't God's heart for us. And so this is what he says in Habakkuk 1, verses 14 through 17. Are we only fish to be caught and killed? He's talking to God. He says this here. Are we only sea creatures that have no leader? Must we be strung up on their hooks and caught in their nets while they rejoice and celebrate? Then they will worship their nets and burn incense in front of them. These nets are the gods who have made us rich. Yes, we got them. We caught them. We got the people. The people of God. Ha, ha, ha. We got them. They're going to say, these are the nets who have made us rich. They claim, verse 17, will you let them get away with this forever, Lord? Will they succeed forever in their heartless conquest? I want to give you two signs that Clarify the fact that fear is dominating your mind. The first sign is this, is when you focus on the worst outcome. When that, when that is your natural draw, you're not going to make it. How are these bills going to get paid? That relationship is never going to be restored. When you're always just focused on, man, the phone's ringing again. Who is it? Man, Monday's here. Tuesday's here. Oh, just negative Nancy spirit. That's when you know, fear is dominating because you can't see. You're, you're cloudy. It's foggy. You have no faith to, to even believe or see the impossible, to see that God's going to heal you, to see that God's going to restore you. That, that's when, when fear is dominating your mind, you, you're constantly falling into that worst case scenario. And the second sign that fear is dominating your mind is when we are envious of the blessings of others. Lord, they're celebrating and they're doing this. 
Well, yeah, in fact, it was true. The Bible actually teaches that God raised up Nebuchadnezzar. And for him to capture Israel was a blessing to Nebuchadnezzar. He raised him up. So it's like, man, they got a new car. Wow, they just got married. Lord, I've been serving you for 10 years faithfully. Wow, they're happy. Wow, they just bought a house. Wow, they, they just paid off $40,000 in debt. They're on the Dave Ramsey show. woo And I'm still in the hole. woo That's one way you know that fear is dominating your mind because essentially what you're saying is, is that, God, you can't do that in my life. And you won't. There must be something special or magical about them that's not special or magical about me. When you're focused on the blessing of others. Today, I want to give you three ways to get a dream from God. Three ways. And so it says this here, Habakkuk 2.1. He says, all right, all right, let me get my mind together. I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will see what the Lord says. I love that. That's going to be important here in a minute. I will see what he says. I will see what he says. Hold on. I thought we hear, not see what people say. I will see what he says and how he will answer my complaint. The first thing you have to do, three ways to receive a dream from God is withdraw. Withdraw. I I love to take what I call dream drives. You know, you just, just to withdraw, crack the windows, especially on a day like today, just get out and ride through neighborhoods. Sometimes I'll go to another city, and I'll just say, for your glory, God. There's going to be a highlight church in this city. There are families and and kids and people that need hope. Just say, God, speak to my heart. My kids aren't here. I love my wife. She's not here. It's just me and you. Jesus, I'll drive Jesus. You just sit there, and you just talk to me. I'm getting away. During the 21 days of fasting in January, when we fast as a church together, perfect time to, to break um, routine. Yeah. Perfect time to go to bed by 9 p.m., 10 p.m., and withdraw. Mm-hmm. Just get into the presence of God. Let him speak to your heart. You know, you may have a group of friends who, you know, they're, they do their religious thing, whatever they believe in, they do their thing. But, you, you know, they're in a different direction. You're trying to go in this direction, and you're just, okay, guys, I love you guys, but I'm, I'm here for this season because I want God to show me something. Because the Bible says that I will climb up to my watchtower. So, like, oh, man, I'm, I'm you know, the worst outcome and envy, and, oh, I got to stop all this stuff. Like, Babylon's here, and this is here, destruction is happening. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, okay, let me withdraw. Let me climb up to my watchtower, get away from it all, and let me hear from God. The second thing you have to do to receive a vision from God, from my note takers, is you have to request. You got to be intentional about this. You got to withdraw, and then you got to ask them requests. Uh, Baseball season is upon us, and for two months, my baby boy has been asking me, Daddy, when are we going to Dick's Sporting Goods? Daddy, when are we going to Dick's Sporting Goods? Uh, Every day, every day, every day. Like, we're going, we're going, we're going, I promise. And so yesterday we went. So we went, and we get into the store, and we're there. It's like being at Disney. Do you think he stopped asking for anything once we got into Dick's? No. 
We got in there, and here he is. Daddy, can I get this bat? Daddy, can I have this bat? Daddy, can I have this bat? The Joker has two bats that are brand new that he never used. Daddy, can I have this bat? And he leaves with a brand new red bat. Daddy, can I have this glove? Daddy, can I have this helmet? Daddy, can I have this, these pants? Daddy, can I have these shoes? You don't want the shoes Jay-Zio has? He's your brother. No, no, I want my shoes. I want black and white shoes. I want Under Armour shoes. Jay can have Nike shoes. I want Daddy, can I have daddy, 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 laddy, daddy, 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 laddy, daddy, 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 laddy, daddy, daddy, daddy. Everything that he requested, he left with. Because it was within my will as his father to give it to him. God wants to show you something. God wants to give you a dream. God wants you to wake up lively. God want, like, wants you to just get up and say, man, this is another opportunity to get closer and closer and closer to the fulfillment of what I've requested. He wants to, but we have to get up and we have to request. We wake up far too many times throughout the week just, oh, man, got to go to work. Oh, man, God, pastor won't us at church on Sunday, so to make him happy, I'm going to come. I can't bless you. That's good. I can't bless you. This is what Christ himself died for, the local church. This is where God pours out his spirit and pours out vision and gives clarity and gives liberty and gives freedom and speak to us. I can't bless you. I'm just I'm in this with you. This is this is what Christ died for. Oh, man, my, my boss, my boss, my boss. Did you learn service at the job? Did you learn submission? These principles that the Lord can bless? And we just get up and we go and, and, and we, we, you know, the, we should be committing to excellence, to, to, to serving, to a right heart, to a smile, yeah. to praise, to gratitude. Then we should be saying, all right, God, my heart's right. I'm ready to go to work. I'm ready to study. I'm ready to work hard. Now, as I do these principles, <laughs> can you please show me something? Can you, can you please give me something? 15 years old, 16, 14, can you please show me something? I request it from you. He says, I'm going to go up and I'm going to see what the Lord will show me. I'm going to see if he answers my complaint. That word translated in the Hebrew is request, which means the prophet withdrew. He got away and he said, God, show me something. Speak to me. Show me the impossible. Show me my kid healed. Show me my mother restored. Show me my finances not lacking. Show me, show me somewhere influencing people. Show me somewhere outside of this nine to five. I'm going to serve you here. Um, I'll be here for 10 years if you've called me to be here. I'll be a single mother for this long if you've called me to be here. But show me something that I'm going to step into. Because whatever God says, it shall come to pass. The Bible says that God is not a man that he shall lie. If he said it, it's his promise and it's going to come to pass. We, we are too logical, too analytical. Well, really, let me go home and read that. What are you reading for? I'll just tell you how simple it is to, to request something from God. Watch this. Watch this. This is Jesus. This is the greatest man who ever lived. You can go to the garden tomb in the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem. You won't find his body. 
This is the man. <laughs> this is the guy that when we curse, we say his name. This is the guy that when we pray, we say his name. We don't say, oh, Buddha. That, see, that just sounds weird. That doesn't work, right? Oh, Muhammad. That doesn't work because you go to their graves, they're there. So this is the guy who's like, I'm going to just give it to you simple. There ain't nothing to think about. There's nothing to study. There's nothing to process. I just need you to do this. Watch me. Matthew 7. Keep on asking. And I love how Jesus spoke. He spoke monosyllabic. Watch the simplicity in these words. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who asks seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. There is nothing for me to think about. God, I want to be in the White House at 40 for your glory. What is there to process? Lord, show me the, the healing. Show me my kids flourishing. Sh- show me something. I'm going to act. Show me my friends saved. Show me my city restored. Show me my job changed. Show me something. I won't be like this always. Show me what you have for me. I don't got to even process that. He said it. I'm asking. I'm sold. I'm sold. Request. And the third thing you have to do is you got to read. That's that part there we talked about where the prophet said, I will will see what he says. I I, I will seek to, let let me get this right. Yeah, there I will wait to see what he says. Hmm. See what he says. Not hear, but see what he says. See what he says. See, see, see what he says. Um, 40 different authors, the Bible, written over the span of 1,500 years. Infallible word of God. As men were inspired by the spirit of God, they wrote. And so this is the encouragement here. When, when, when we're saying get a vision from God, essentially what we're saying, according to the prophet of God, the word of God, is we have to stop listening for a voice and start looking for a verse. So good. Good. Stop listening. So we, all this can sound majestic and magical and kind of, you know, intangible. And God, we'll show you something. But my encouragement is, is this. You got to get into the revealed word of God. Because when he does speak to you, whatever the vision or the dream is, is going to bear witness with what he's already revealed. Uh, put it to you like this. Um, personally, I, I didn't know what a father looked like. My dad's great. But I didn't know what a godly father looked like until I got into the scripture memo. The revealed vision. I didn't know what a a healthy marriage looked like until I saw Christ, the groom, and the church, the bride, and how faithful he is to us. 
I, I didn't know what putting God first in my finances looked like until I got into a local church 13 years ago and I started tithing. And, and it's taken years of faithfulness and budgeting to see the margin and the increase begin to come into my life. But for the purposes of being a blessing. And as you remain a blessing, the Bible says that God will give you more and more resource because you are a blessing. I didn't know what that was. I was selfish. I, I was going to get, a, you know, going to get around. It was a generational thing. I was going to go around like my father. And, but, but it was the reveal will. And so one day you just kind of, you're pouring into this thing for five, ten years, and you're letting it speak to your life. You're learning it to live it, not to just, you know, I'll share it with, with our superheroes prior to service. Like, you don't get paid for, for your Ph.D., you get paid for the application. Like when they hire you, you got that great, great resume. They don't pay you because of your resume. They pay you because of what you apply. Right? And so um, after years of reading this thing, sitting in 2013 in my Chevy Malibu, you know, I'm just reading, reading God's revealed will. I've already said yes to the calling. I've already said yes to this, even though it's like, Six years out, seven years out, you know, and I'm just sitting there and I'm reading Matthew 5 and, and, the, and the vision hits me. It's like May of 2012 or 2013. The, the vision hits me and the name, Matthew 5, you are the light of the world, blah, 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 blah. Highlight church, bam. It was sunny just like it is outside. And then I saw people and I saw partnerships and I saw groups across the city. And it just hit me because for for at that point for 10 years, just, okay, oh, wow. If I live in purity, I'll be blessed. If I honor people in authority, I start finding favor with my bosses wherever I went. If I just forgive and, 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 and sacrifice and wow. And it just hit just and, and on a lunch break. Because the revealed will of God, the Bible, is the frame by which God sticks his concealed will into. Am I? Is this too deep? Okay, because Hebrew says let's move on from the elementary teachings of salvation, baptism, this. I'm trying to, so if the, the, the revealed will is the frame. So for this to be your only time that you get fed. Well, we went to church. I'm good. I'm filled. They are most blessed who attend to what he reveals. So pastor may have just given us a great word on Sunday. But by Tuesday morning, I am spiritually famished. You know what I need to do? Well, this week, I'm, I'm going to just read through Mark. Wow. <laughs> oh, God healed her like that? Wow, Jesus appeared before kings and governors? He had that kind of influence? Wow, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead? So I can have a vision of healing and wholeness and freedom and power? Wow, none of the disciples were over the age of 25, so I can be a young man and prosper and change the world? 
don't let this be the only time that you get into the scripture. God can't show you anything. So I got to withdraw. I got to request. And I got to read. I got to withdraw. I got to request. And I got to read. I got to withdraw. I got to request. I got to read. I got to withdraw, request, read. And God is going to reveal that thing. Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3. Then the Lord said to me, okay, I see you. Now let me, let me speak. Write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can run, so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time, so it's not for now. We get excited when we get it. I was stoked. Man, that's good. Let's, let's start tomorrow. Yeah. I didn't even know what city I was going to. And that's what happens. We get a vision, and God says, look, it's like years down the road, okay? It's for a future time, and it describes the end, and it will be fulfilled. So it's not just a vision. It's a promise. And he says this here. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently. For it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Your kids will be saved. So you got to do this. Write the vision. Write it. When you write the vision, it's essentially a receipt. Verifying that a transaction has taken place between your faith and that vision God has given you. It's a receipt. Write it. Because what happens is, is that fear is going to creep in in every season, and it comes uninvited. It comes uninvited. But what we must do is we have to go back. Someone's writing notes. Praise the Lord. You're blessing me. What you got to do is you got to go back to what you wrote. Because that's when God spoke to you. He told them, I'm, I'm not making this up. This is scripture. Write the vision. Because Nebuchadnezzar's coming. The army is coming. The battle is coming. The struggle is coming. The downfall is coming. The diagnosis is going to hit. But you got to write the vision because the vision has more power than the fear. You got to write the vision. It dissolves the fear. And so when it comes, you got to keep your eyes on the dream. I want to give you four benefits of receiving a vision from God. Number one, the first benefit is that it gives you fuel to run. It gives fuel. Getting up every day because I got a vision. I know that this is what it is, but we're running. I know Nebit's here. I know Knezzo's here. We're running. We're running. We're running. He says, so that a runner can run. It enables you to go until you see the fulfillment of it come to pass. And I just, I know I got some fighters in here who just don't stop. Some people are okay with their Monday. It's all good, but some aren't. Some are looking into 2025 and 2030 and 2040, and you're running. You're running. Oh, yeah, that hurt, but I'm running. Oh, that hurt. Yeah. Ooh, just missed a bullet. I'm running. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm praying. Oh, I'm praising. Because you, you, you're doing it because you see your kids, and you see the finances, and you see the influence, and you see the growth, and you're like, oh, oh you tried to trip me, but I'm gone. You know, I'm Heisman Trophy, you know, I'm, it gives you fuel to run. That's what a vision does. It gives you fuel to run, so you got to get a vision so you can run. That's it. That's it. Harriet Tubman, 
she just hit my spirit. I don't know why. She ain't even in my notes. Harriet Tubman um, was, was hit in the head with an axe, um, the, the, the steel part of the axe, the axe head, um, at the age of 13. Bam! While working in the field. Slave, working in the field. Bam! Knocked her out. Bloody. They brought her in. For the rest of her life, she dealt with narcolepsy. She... <laughs> Woo! Feel to run. She struggled with staying awake during the day. But God didn't need her during the day. The greatest conductor of the Underground Railroad led 400 slaves to freedom, and they nicknamed her Moses. Nothing stopped her. She had a vision from God. She had fuel to run. Come on. Woo! A vision will give you a, number two, a target for your faith. I love it. Today, um, Rebecca Minatra and Eliel Lefebvre are getting married, so I got to preach this and run on over to Virginia and do that, and um, it's going to be great. And then um, this is going to be one of four or five marriages that we're performing this year, and uh, that was the vision. Family's got to be restored. People got to be free. People need a church. Marriages. Diseases healed. 20 cities in 20 years. Gossip. It gives you a target. That's what the vision's going to do. That's what the vision's going to do. The most expensive place in the world is the graveyard because the graveyard is filled with vessels whom God wanted to give a vision <laughs> let's not be the graveyard get a vision 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 you possess divine direction Lord, Lord, it's from God, it's my calling, it's my vision, it's where I'm going. So, so I'm going this way. You guys go that way, I'm going this way. Well, why are you going this way? Got a vision. Why are you praying? Well, what's up to all this fasting? Yeah, let's go eat. Got a vision. <laughs> why, are you, why are you giving to the church? You know, all pastors want is money and, oh, yeah. Got a vision. I'm, I'm obeying the word. I, I got a vision. Why are you serving, dude? You should lay back and chill on Sunday. It's the only day you got off. I'm, I'm sorry, but it's doing more for me than it is for the church. So I need to change. <laughs> I need to be humble. <laughs> I got a vision. I got a vision. I got a vision. You have divine direction. I'm going to school. I can't be a part of this business. I got to be at home a certain time of night. I got to study. 
certain hours of the day, I have a vision. You possess divine direction. Because it, it says it here in the text. It says, so that he would run. It describes an end to come. that You know, it won't be delayed. And this, this, the fourth thing, fourth benefit of having a vision is that you understand the process of time. And you come to peace with that. I was just at a, and we're going to, come on up and close me. I was just at a round table, pastor's round table, two weeks ago. Uh, about 20 pastors or so in the room. And uh, this church in Virginia, Life Point Church, they started just like us. And now we're, we're sitting in their second permanent campus that they just built. Over 7,000 people on a weekend, six different locations across Virginia. And you just get this idea when you're sitting in a room with someone who's 10 years your senior. Pastor Floyd is like 40 years old. He's just dropping bombs. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so young, and I don't know nothing. And I just need to zip my lip and sit under this wisdom. And you just get the idea that over the process of time, they've said, this is going to take time. 12 years. Just personally and just just talking in general principle, I can't expect to be where he is or where they are and we're being two years old. But if I just if I just get the vision zone in on being faithful to my spouse being present at home Loving people, love your enemies as you love yourself, serving those who will be great, Jesus said, in the kingdom of God will be first. If I just serve when I go to work, if I be the one that brightens the atmosphere, if I'll just have a, a healthy reading, just kind of thing, you know, I may not know, I don't know the Bible, so I don't read it. Well, you, you didn't know what you were getting into when you got that job. If I just read the word. A section a day. If I withdraw sometimes, guys, I'm, I'm going away. I'm going to. I just, I need to hear God. God to give you a vision. Because God-given dreams have a habit of coming true. focus on the dreams you don't have anything to fear there are two things I can biblically go go finish reading Habakkuk there are two things this vision God gave Habakkuk within the next chapter two things he said that I'm going to judge your captors and I'm going to bring Israel back to the promised land that was the vision read it I'm going to judge your captors I'm going to bring Israel back And Psalm 126 proves that God was faithful. It says this here. It seemed like a dream, too good to be true, when God returned Zion's exiles. (laughs) We laughed. We sang. We couldn't believe our good fortune. It it happened. My kids did find the Lord. I did find someone who loves Jesus. We broke financial bondage we're we're traveling the world 
because God gave us a vision. It happened. We are the talk of the nations. God was wonderful to them. God was wonderful to us. We are one happy people. Not fearful, not depressed, not anxious. We attended to what God revealed, and we are happy about it. You got to get a dream. Let's praise the Lord. You got to get it. pray. Father, we love you. We honor you. We give you glory. And um, God, we thank you, Lord, that you want to give us. <laughs> wow. I hear your spirit saying this, God. You want to show us things that we cannot fathom on our own. God, I thank you for every person here. And I pray that you would touch every heart. God, that you would just pour out your love upon the minds and the souls of your people. Jesus, we thank you for coming and dying, taking on our sins so that we don't have to be separated from the Father. I thank you, Lord, that as we enter into that relationship with you, you want to speak to us. You want to show us things. And with every head bowed, we're just going to pray together. Maybe you've never come to Christ, but this is, this is your time. We're, we're going to pray together. It's your time to make Jesus your Savior, to receive forgiveness of sins, to enter into a relationship with your Heavenly Father. You don't have to change anything. You don't. You just come by faith. Church, we're going to pray together, but if this is your first time praying this prayer, we want to do it in unison. So pray with me. Say, Father God, I love you. I turn from my sin. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Fill my heart with your spirit. Give me a purpose and give me visions upon visions and I will live a life of faith in Jesus name Amen